This is Becca and Millhaven just saying, I'm Tom Becca. I'm McGraw Millhaven, and we have not been kicked off of KTRS Radio yet. <laughs> so this is week two, apparently, of the podcast being on traditional radio. Okay, so now if we're a podcast and on traditional radio, are we really a podcast or are we a radio show? We're, we're a hybrid. We're, we're tra- are we transitioning? <laughs> I don't know. Is the podcasting is just a radio show? So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like talk radio, but I love podcasting. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you, I, uh, I really am enjoying the podcasting. We're getting good response from it too. You know, uh, you know, uh, last week we were talking a little bit about uh, stadium um, mustard. You know, we were talking yes. about baseball and all that, right? I was talking about the stadium mustard in Cleveland. And I got a message from one of uh, our listeners with a picture of the stadium mustard. And it was like, is this what you were talking about? <laughs> so we, we sold some stadium mustard with last week's podcast. Maybe we could get a sponsorship out of them. I would I would like that. Yeah. Come well, on, I, stadium I, mustard. Yeah. Cleveland stadium mustard. Gotta but, love uh, it. Okay. So, so while you and I are actually like here in person, have you been following this chat GPT? Have you, have you, have you used chat GPT yet? Well, it's funny you mention that. I haven't used it, but uh, I saw the CBS Morning uh, story on it. I know it's everywhere in the news. Over Christmas, my brother-in-law typed in my daughter's name, Emerson, and said, please create lyrics to a Christmas song. And he sent me the lyrics to a Christmas song that has Emerson in it. So that's really all I know about it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I... uh. Uh, I did a chat GPT. You know, I also, besides doing this podcast slash radio show, I also do not need commentary on um, uh, local Omaha radio, uh, TV station, Fox 42 News. And yesterday I had my commentary written by chat GPT. And the commentary was how chat GPT is bad for democracy. And it came up with some very good points. <laughs> as to why chat GPT is bad for democracy. I mean, it, it's it's bizarre. Leave it to you to get somebody else to do your work for you. <laughs> no, that's not that's not the point of what I'm. You're saying. like you're like Tom Sawyer, right? You you got somebody else to paint the fence, man. You're the worst. Oh, oh, you're you're missing the point. The point is, you didn't do your job last last night, and somebody else had to do your job. I was, I was actually I was actually trying to see. I was wondering if ChatGPT would actually write an essay on why it was bad. Because I was sort of I was sort of waiting to see something like, well, many people might think that chat GPT is bad for democracy. Here are the reasons why it's beneficial. I was expecting something like that. But no, it actually gave me like 300 words as to why chat GPT is bad for democracy. And why, we a, need to, why we need to worry about this. Is it a website? Is that what it is? It's or an or app. Is it, it's, it's an, an app. app. Okay. All right. Yeah. On your phone. Yeah. On your phone. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so what were some of the reasons why? Well, for one thing, it's uh, how it can be just used to uh, put out so much false information. Mm. Um, and that and that you also, uh, people don't know if they're communicating with a real person or if they're communicating with a computer and how it can build distrust in government and how it also brings people uh, stop talking face-to-face. If they're talking through their computer with chat GPT, it, it, it hurts the uh, conversation uh, for democracy. And as such, it becomes too um, uh, what's the cyber cyberized or whatever. I mean, it's it, it becomes too impersonal, and as such, uh, it builds distrust in government and would uh, cause uh, some serious problems with uh, misinformation. 
you know, I, I, I have seen the people, you know, I've seen the teachers say, oh, my goodness, this is the end of English. People aren't going to learn how to write anymore. Um, I got to be honest with you. And I don't know if that's true, but I got to be honest with you. I um, I never would have graduated college except for spell check. And I readily admit that when I wrote a paper, I am an atrocious speller. And thank goodness, I know when a word looks wrong, I just don't know what the right spelling is. And so I use spell check. Does that mean that's the end of Western No, because you're using, I mean, using spell check would be like using a dictionary. I mean, so you're using, you know, using a tool to still create your thoughts. You're you're not having these thoughts um, put in front of you. In other words, why chat GPT is bad for democracy was not necessarily my thoughts, although I sort of agreed with what they were saying. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it was so, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that's- But hold that's, on a second, but hold on a second. But you read- GPT's thoughts as your own on the news last night. But then I had said at the end that it was all written oh, by Chet. Okay. No, right. So, I, so I you gave things. proper accreditation. Yes, I didn't say yes, okay. you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh but so, but but I did that. But um I've got a I've got a friend that's a professor at a university here in uh, in Omaha, right? And he does uh online learning. And so he has students actually from all over the world that are in his class. And he yeah. teaches a class on democracy, oddly enough. And he had this student from India that spoke very bad English, very bad English. But boy, when a paper was turned in, it was so well-written. And he didn't know about chat GPT. He right. didn't know about this until we were talking about it one day. And he says, oh, holy crap. That's why her, that's why her papers <laughs> are so well-written. Wait a minute. He's a college professor? College, high school students or high school teachers run their essays through like, you know, is my is my student stealing this from the internet.com? And it's a chance to check to see if it's plagiarized by somebody. But here's the thing, here's the difference with that. Yeah, you can run it through that, but chat GPT, each one is unique to that person. Right. So in other words, in other words, somebody else could put the same data points in uh, what they should write about, and they would get a different So essay. if I if I put into this jet this chat app why is chat GTP bad for democracy? It would come up with a completely different essay for me than it did for you. Yes. I might, might make some of the same points, but it'll be written in a different, you know, right. the sentence structure would be different in that. May, probably might probably be making a lot of the same points, but it would not be the same, uh, not be the same paper. Yeah. Did I, well, ever tell, do you, I don't do, know. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, do you, you mentioned, um, the, you know, the, the high school students that uh, throw stuff on the internet and all this? The teachers running it through. Do uh, do you remember when I my uh, my show, my radio show in Kansas City was the foundation of an Oprah Winfrey show? Do you remember? I told you about this, didn't I? Ladies and gentlemen, this will be our last podcast because Tom Becker's head is so big. He is now saying that he is the inspiration for Oprah Winfrey shows. No, no, for one show, for one show, for one topic. Okay. Yes. And, yes. and it was based on a news story out of Kansas City, actually out of a small town just outside of Kansas City. Um, there was a project. And at the start of the class, the, the teacher told the students, said, okay, now this project is, is like 75% of your grade, right? Okay. And uh, so and they had to like, turn in a whole booklet of uh, stuff, right? It was all about, and I forget what, the, what it was, but they had to turn in a pretty extensive uh, booklet of um information it was a majority of their grade well 
she runs these through uh, that that program you're talking about, right? Yeah, and finds and finds that like all but four of the students had uh, uh, basically copied off the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she flunks all but four of the students. The parents get upset with the teacher. And so I do a talk radio program on this, and people are calling in, and they're defending the kids for basically plagiarizing the internet for 75% of their grade. And so, like, evidently the Oprah Winfrey people got uh, uh, in touch with this. They got connected, uh, and they, they contacted me, and they used parts of my show to uh, during the during the broadcast. So how is that different than taking large um, paragraphs from the Encyclopedia Britannica on the textiles of Brazil when you're doing a report in high school? But at least, don't you rewrite it? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I mean, I'm not, I'll admit that I took information out of, you know, the world book or whatever it might be, right? And, or that, but I would rewrite it. I wouldn't re- write it verbatim. These people were just cut and pasting. <laughs> Okay, and so at least when you rewrite this information, it gets in your head a little bit about just what the hell you're talking about. I mean, so there you're get you're learning that way, but uh, yeah, I mean, you do the research and then you write it yourself with Chat GPT. You don't even have to do the research. Yeah, what's the point of this? Who who's behind this? Is it a company? What's the well? Microsoft the has just invested this? billions of dollars into this technology. But I mean, what's the how are they selling this? I mean, what's the point of this? Well, the point of this is that do you not see 2001 A Space Odyssey? Hal is going to take over. Hal is going to take over, and we're all doomed, okay? Hal has already taken over <sighs> because advertisers buy fake bots on Twitter. I mean, it's a joke. So Chip Carey, right, it just announced that Chip Carey is going to be the new Cardinal uh, TV broadcaster here in St. Louis. and. Um, there is a uh, Chip Carey fake Twitter account, which three quarters of St. Louisans are convinced is really him. And so they're saying, hey, good luck, Chip. We welcome, welcome to St. Louis. Welcome back to St. Louis. I'm like, and this fake Chip Carey is responding to all of these people. And most of them think it's really the guy, but it's a totally fake account. Yeah. So we, of course- we've already lost. We We've already lost. <laughs> And on that happy note, I believe it's time for our first commercial break for the uh, radio broadcast, which will be nothing at all. There's no break here for the podcast. Uh, So uh, we will take a quick break here on KTRS and return in just a moment. Three, two, one. Now we're back with the podcast. Hey, you know, it's like you've never done a radio show. You don't know how to go to a break. You're like so awkward in going to a break. We'll return with the broadcast in just a moment. I have, well, first of all, I'm doing doing a podcast, okay? I'm not doing a radio show. I'm doing a podcast here. No, you're doing a radio show because this is on radio. You're you're taking my podcast, much like a chat GPT, you're having me do your work for you for your radio show. (laughs) It's our radio show and it's our podcast. Learn how to to go to break and and sing sing the lockout, KTRS.com. So it's KTRS. No, big why? 550 KTRS. Sell it, man. Say it and say it proudly. Oh, geez. Oh, man. Well, do I want to get into this? I was going to just start talking about no, the demise of talk radio, but I don't no, know. No, we, we don't. Get are you, uh, who are you rooting for for this uh, weekend's uh, f- football games? Oh, of course, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, the I'm, Chiefs. Actually, 
I'm actually rooting for the Chiefs, but for a different reason. Why? Well, because you know, I mean, I, I I I like watching Patrick Mahomes. I don't I don't mind the other uh, Chiefs, but I'm just not a fan. Uh, but I want Andy Reid to win, and I want the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Because I want Andy Reid to win the Super Bowl so he can stick it to those Philadelphia fans who ran Andy Reid out on a rail saying he was a terrible coach. Uh, that actually would be a great – well, man, you, you take that story you take that story along with uh, Patrick Mahomes battling the high sprain, uh, ankle sprain, and um, you got a great uh, Super Bowl story. Because the Eagles are for real, no doubt about it. The Eagles, I think, are definitely going to the Super Bowl. Um, I, think the, uh, I think the Chiefs might have a tough time with Cincinnati. All I know is the 49ers took the last quarterback in the NFL draft and they get him the NFC championship game. The Jets draft the second overall quarterback the last three years in a row and they can't get out of their own way. Well, okay, let's talk about my Browns that pay a fortune <laughs> for a sexual offender. Your Browns. Your Browns. So there was a um there was a story uh this weekend or this this week in uh, Missouri about a um it was from Columbia, the capital, where the public school went to a diversity uh, luncheon that was um, sponsored by the University of Missouri. The clergy were there to give a prayer breakfast. They stood up and sang the national anthem. And it was a, it was a diversity luncheon that this public schools in Columbia have been sending students to for uh, since like the 1990s as a diversity luncheon. Mm -hmm. at, the, at the end of this luncheon, a couple of men dressed up as women went out and sang a couple of G-rated songs. Everything was G-rated. And the governor and the attorney general of the great state of Missouri melted down that they were somehow indoctrinating children into the LGBTQ lifestyle. To which I then went on the radio and was talking about, what about men in kilts who sing songs isn't that a, isn't that a form of drag <laughs> well i mean okay look or or, or hold on a second or what about like poison the, the band poison right they wore long hair they wore makeup they wore high heels they looked like women what about twisted sister kiss uh nirvana right i mean doesn't all these people wear makeup and long hair and wear like women's clothes well, first of all mcgraw first of all mcgraw you know that rock and roll is the end of Western civilization. Well, we, you, we, did, you, did you learn nothing from the Elvis movie? We've learned, we learned that from the 50s. Yes, we've known that for the 50s when, when Elvis was gyrating his hips on Ed Sullivan. When the Beatles had their long hair and bangs, it was sort of turning every boy into a girl. <laughs> I mean, look, this, is, this is BS. Look, I mean, okay, I'm a boomer, right? I'm a, I grew up watching Flip Wilson dressed up as Geraldine on TV. Yeah. At no point in time that I think, like, hey, you know what? I want to put on a pair of heels and go out in a mini shirt on a Friday night. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's bogus, this whole fear mongering thing, you know, and, and, and it's driving teachers crazy, but you got people out there putting out crap and saying that teachers, you know, if they, if they talk about, you know, different sexualities and that, if they talk about that, then they are um, uh, grooming these kids to all be gay transsexuals. I mean, it's like, it's like just ludicrous. Uh, what these people are thinking. So have you, have you seen the video of um, Rudy Giuliani just dressed in drag? <laughs> there's there's video of him dressed in drag. I have uh, seen that. 
There's Milton Berle, right? Remember when Milton yeah. Berle used to dress up as a woman yeah. all the, the time? I mean, it's it's back in the day, Shakespeare plays, women weren't allowed to go on stage, so men dressed up as the female characters, right? I mean, it with men dressing up as women is as old as civilization. And now, and now you have men who wear bras and women who don't wear bras. So I don't know what dressing like a woman actually means anymore. Okay, when you say men that wear bras, are you talking about the Seinfeld bros? Is that what you're talking about? You're talking about there a man are, bra? There are, the, first of all, it's called the man's ear. The Second man's of ear, all, right. yeah. the bro or the man's ear. Second of all, um, we know that men, right, who get older, who get a little heavier, they wear sort of, you know, breast girdles, for lack of a better word, a brassiere, to sort of, you know, help their lower back. So men are wearing bras. Women, you know, if, you know, women aren't, women stopped wearing their bras years ago. So I don't understand what dressing like a woman is. And dress, I mean, women dress like men all the time. Yeah, they and wear that's suits, what, they that's wear jeans, they, they, you know, they have short hair. I mean, what's, what does dressing like a woman mean? Well, I think we have a pretty good idea of what it means, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a person is gay or transvestite or transsexual or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, or that, uh, that if somebody sees that, if somebody sees that, I mean, some child's going to think, ooh, I want to do that. You know, I mean, the whole grooming thing, it's, it's, nah, it's, um, it's, it's so insane. But I mean, what is, what is dressing like a woman really mean in the 21st century? I don't know. Are, are you asking for tips? No, I'm not. <laughs> But I, but I got this wonderful <laughs> mascara. No, I mean, I, I have went I have went and got uh, manicures and pedicures. And people, oh, you're so gay. No, I'm not gay. I just, you know, it's nice to have someone, you know, coddle your feet and pamper you. You know what? I have not done the pedicure thing yet. Although I've talked to a lot of guys and they say you got to do it. You know? Oh my and God, will, it's fantastic. And I will, I will admit, I will admit there is some, still something in my head that, oh no, that's the thing a woman does. I will admit no, that's... My God. Well, I, you know what? Funny you mentioned that. I know a lot of older men who aren't as limber as they used to be. And so one of the things they do is they go to a uh, and get pedicures because, you know, they've got, you know, they're just not as limber and they can't reach their feet. So they go and get manicures and, and, and pedicures and they love it. These are the fat guys that are wearing the bras, right? That they can't exactly. over and flip their toes. The bra gets in the way and they can't cut their toenails. <laughs> While we're on the subject, how about men who don't cut their eyebrows? Have you seen this? Have you seen men who have like caterpillars wait, 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 on their wait, eyebrows? Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. How did this even become a subject? Because now you're going to start noticing older men, for some reason, older men don't like to cut their eyebrows and they become caterpillars. And it is the most, it's the weirdest personal grooming thing I've ever seen. Men, for some reason, don't, Older men of a certain age don't like it when the the barber, the hairstylist, whoever, cuts and trims their eyebrows. And so you see these men with eyebrows that look like giant caterpillars. Well, actually, as a matter of fact, after we record this podcast, I am going to uh, go and get my hair cut and they will trim my eyebrows, you know, and just like, OK, make sure that they're all, you know, not right. all bushy and that. But I, but 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 there's always been there's always been uh, uh, men with uh, big uh you know, bushy eyebrows. I mean, right, and it's they're really scary. Trim your eyebrows. Scary. I, yeah, I don't want to be one of those guys. Right. Trim your eyebrows. Yeah. Wear a bra. Fine. I don't mind. 
uh, get a manicure. I don't mind, but trim your eyebrows and your nose hair and your ear hair while you're at it. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening right now, one of the things McGraw said to me years and years ago was, you should hear the things in my head that I don't say. <laughs> and after hearing him wanting to go off on a rant about men's eyebrows, I, that, that, that always resonates with me about the things in your head that you don't say. Because it scares me. Well, <laughs> one, that's accurate all these years <laughs> later. You should hear the things I don't say. Um, second of all, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm doing men a public service. And there are women out there listening to this saying, right on, McGraw, spread the word. Men, I'm doing a public service for, for, for women out there. Have these uh, men trim their eyebrows. There's also women out there listening right now saying, no, man, bushy eyebrows get me hot. Okay. okay? No. No, no, no. The, the reason why this this came up is because I was I was getting my haircut. I don't know a while back, mm -hmm. and I said to the woman, um, "Hey, don't forget my eyebrows. Make sure you trim my eyebrows." And she said, "You know, it's really funny. You mentioned that." She says, "Because I'm always a little skittish when I cut men's hair. Because sometimes when I go to trim the eyebrows, the men say, "Oh no, 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 no! Don't touch it." So there are men who actively like like longer eyebrows are they like are they like mad scientists i don't who, know who i don't know people? i don't know but there's apparently there's a there's a type of man that likes longer and i don't know i've never seen like a woman's fetish guide of like women who love longer eyebrows well there's an old country song that uh, resonates. It's like some girls don't like boys like me, but some girls do. So that's it. I mean, you never know. You know, we we have this this image of what's supposed to be, you know, uh, sexy or whatever. But it's, it's everything is different to different people. You know, that is true. I mean, there's different strokes for different folks. Um, but again, I don't. I think if you really want to crack down on society and the problems, start with men's eyebrows and go from there. Solve no, that problem. Start, start start with uh, a man in a dress, and then that'll get everybody going. All right, Tom. Uh, time to take notes. I'll I'll show you how to go to break on a podcast. Okay, that's is it Tom, time for another break? Okay. That's Tom Becker. I'm a McGraw Millhaven. You're listening to a podcast slash broadcast. We'll be back in a moment, right here on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Three, two, one, and there's the moment we are back now with the podcast on your listening device of choice. There you go. By the way, by the way, if you are uh, listening on the radio and uh, you missed some of this, you can always catch our podcast available wherever you get your podcast. iHeart Podcast, Spotify Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, right? We're all on all these platforms. Wherever fine podcasts are heard. Yes, are heard. Are heard. So uh, <laughs> wherever fine podcasts are heard and this one. Uh <laughs> yeah, that's not very nice. Uh, yeah, well, let's, you know, look, this is, uh, you know, this is just two old friends BSing about the days. Uh, I was almost going to say what BS stood for, but I remember we're on the radio now, so I had to watch myself. Did you, uh, speaking of this, did you see what uh, Pope Francis uh, said? Well, that he might retire? No. Well, he, he, he did say that, but he was yeah. speaking to an Associated Press reporter, and he said during the interview to Nicole Winfield at the Vatican Hotel where he lives, he said that uh, Pope Francis says that laws to criminalize homosexuality are unjust. 
He went on to say that God loves all his children just the way they are, and he called on Catholic bishops to support laws to welcome LGBTQ plus people into the church. Now, here's what he said. He said, being homosexual is not a crime. He says, yes, it's a sin, fine, but let's distinguish between a sin and a crime. It's also a sin to lack charity with one another. So in other words, you're going to go to hell, but you shouldn't go to jail? No, I don't think he's saying a sin, you're going to go to hell. Because, well, I, I don't know. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. But he said, look, a sin isn't, um, a sin is not, is lacking charity with one another. So if I'm not charitable to you or not friendly to you or however you want to define charity, um, that's a sin. Being disrespectful to other people's a sin. So he was saying sin has sort of a grandiose, you know, sense of it. Mm -hmm. But he's saying a sin can be much more on a smaller scale. And just so people don't know, both you and I are products of Catholic uh, schools. We're both. Uh... Uh, well, uh, actually, I went to a private school for a year. Then the family ran out of money. So my oh, sisters okay. went to Catholic school. So by the time I came around, we were all broke. Okay, but but you but you. I went to church Catholic. school. Yeah, I I went to church church school and yeah, and and I was a altar boy. But I think um, is this, but let me ask you this: is this is this the church just still trying to stay relevant in the changing environment? I mean, if you take a look at the history of the church, you know how they co-opted a lot of the pagan religion. You know, the Christmas tree and things like that, or all, or the Easter bunny. You know, uh, uh, that's all. Uh, not, or, I guess the Easter Bunny is more of a commercial thing, but you know, but they have drawn and they've uh, the traditions have sort of been um, um, basically uh, that was what I'm looking for brought in from other religions and other beliefs and able to bring in a broader audience. Is this just another attempt at doing that? Well, clearly, Pope Francis is now woke, the woke church, if you will. No, I'm kidding. No, I I actually think it's um it's much more nuanced than that. I think the church as well as other religions um are you know we're seeing this fight play out all over the place right we're seeing the protestants we're seeing the baptists break up because of this what to do about homosexuality and there are many mainstream churches right who embrace uh homosexuality who have um you know gay weddings and things like that and they they welcome them there are other mainstream churches that think it's you know the devil on walking the face of the earth so how do you um, you know, figure this out. And it sounds to me like he's he's trying to split the baby in half because what would Jesus do, right? Would Jesus, you know, throw stones at a gay couple? Love the sinner, not the sinner, right? Or love the love the sinner, not the sin? Yeah, what's well, um, what you do to the least of my brethren, you do one to me. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and so it's a it's it's the Catholics as well as other um, religions are having a hard time trying to wrap their head around this. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that I don't. I mean, you know, it's been used as an emotional wedge issue for politicians and stuff. But here's what I don't get. I mean, look, you know, uh, if somebody's gay, how does that bother me? Why does it? Why should I be bothered by that? Yeah. You know, no, I, I mean, it. it's yeah. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. And, and by the way, and by the way, if these people are all upset about the men dressing up as um, uh, women at that event, right? H have they seen what the Catholic priests wear? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know? 
No, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a fine, there's a fine line between a woman's dress and a priest's smock, isn't there? I mean, there's a fine line in there somewhere. It's just well, and and most of the no, I I agree, right? It's well, and Jesus had long hair and 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 wore sandals and and wore you know a. a I don't know what he wore, right? A dress or well, that was that, that was that was the uh, long hair and saddles argument was what all the hippies used in the '60s, you know, to justify uh, their attire. Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't. I mean, I I appreciate somebody who you know doesn't understand it or who's against it, I guess. Um, but but you're right. If you are for freedom, and you're against gay marriage, don't marry a man. <laughs> what do you care what somebody else is doing in their own house behind the? Behind closed doors. I, um, I, I do not agree with you more on that. I mean, you know, look, I've had my heart broken by women, but at no point in time have I ever thought like, oh, I wonder what Bill would be like. You know, it just never dawned on me. It just never, you know, it's well, not. Well, and, and, and also, yeah, yeah. But also the hypocrisy of it all, right? They're so against gay men, but they'll sit and watch lesbian porn all day long, right? They, two, <laughs> two women making out, oh, we're all for that, right? But gay men, oh, no. No, no, we don't want to indoctrinate anybody. But two lesbians making out, ooh, oh, hey, that's awesome. So I mean, huh. it's just it's it's hypocritical all, all over the place. But but it really boils down to this. It really boils down to this. It's just getting to know people outside of your circle. Because once you get to know people, you know, once you get to know people, it's like I mean, I remember being a kid growing up during the uh, the civil rights era, right? And I remember some of the uh, uh, the neighbors in that when they. You know, be sitting around having you know conversations around with my parents and stuff. I remember some of the neighbors saying things like, "Oh yeah, oh well, Charlie, well, he, he, he's one of the, he's one of them black, uh, one of them good colored people." You know, it was like, you know, right. it was like, you know, and then as you get to know people of different races, different colors, different creeds, different, you know, this sort of goes along with what we were talking about a week or two ago when it comes to immigration. Once you get to know these people, you know, that, that are maybe different than you, you're more understanding and more empathetic to their lives. And, and they're not so you're not afraid of them like you're afraid of some guy in a dress that might change your kid into uh, some, uh, you know, transsexual. About 10, 15 years ago, I was dating a woman who had uh, a 10 year old boy, she mm -hmm. had a 10 year old, she had, I think she had a 10 year old and an eight year old. And we were going to somebody's uh, house party. They were having a party and we were all going. The four of us were, were going. And the mother and, and this house we were going to, they had uh, sons, older sons who were in their 20s. But like two, it was a large family. And two of the sons were homosexuals. And so their boyfriends were going to be at this this house party. And so I, before, you know, going i was like hey are you going to talk to your 10 year old and your 8 year old about you know gays and yeah. you know are you going to you know what are you going to do and so she's like oh i hadn't even thought of it i was like well i don't i mean don't look at me i don't know what to tell the 10 year old kid so on the way to the party i was like you know i sort of nudged her i was like you know did you talk to them she's like no i haven't talked to him yet i'm like well we're going to be there in 5 minutes you know what are you going to do so she turns to him and she says now, 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. She says, oh, by the way, uh, Joe, the person's house we're going to, has uh, two boys, you know, Steve and Bob, and they're gay. Deal with it. <laughs> and, and by the way, and by the way, whereas in our generation, that would never have been talked about. The 10 right. year old probably knew what that meant and was like, okay. But um, I was like, oh, I was like, hey, good talk. Excellent talk. <laughs> so I, I, a woman I was dating um, uh, years ago, had a, a gay brother, right? And so her child 
was brought in, you know, brought up understanding this sort of thing, right? But the kid was like five years old or so, five or six years old. And uh, I can't remember if it was kindergarten or first grade. And she goes to her mom, Mom, what's a lesbian? Oh, that's lesbian. A lesbian is when two girls love each other. Okay. And that was it, right? Yeah. Two days later, she gets a phone call from school. Ah, uh, yeah. Miss um, Kelly, are you aware that your daughter's going around telling everyone that uh, you and her are lesbians? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is, I mean, I just love that story. I just love that story because it's just the innocence of a child, you know? Yeah. Just the innocence of a child. Just, yeah, I love my mom, so we must be lesbians. Yeah, you know. Just, uh... Uh, you know, interesting about the word lesbian and gay and LGBTQ. I don't know about you, uh, but, you know, you're in constant fear in this business of saying the wrong word, right? Mm -hmm. The wrong word will get you canceled forever. But the word queer when I grew up, was a very derogatory term about an LGBTQ person. Somehow the word queer has morphed into like the name they want to be called. I don't understand the transformation from, I understand like, I think I understand why homeless is a bad word and unhoused is, is the professional term, right? Stewardess is no longer acceptable, but flight attendant is. I don't understand how queer went from being inappropriate to being the name that they prefer to be called. Well, I, what I don't understand is who makes these rules? Who decides that that's okay? You know, where, where, where do they, 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 where does it get changed and who decides and how does this happen? You're, you're yeah. right. I, I'm offended by unhoused. I prefer homeless. That's much more, right? Yeah, no, well, I know. I get it. Well, but homeless is still better than bum. Right, which you used to be able to say, right? Well, and, but there are yeah, but there are bums who have homes. Well, that's true too, I guess. Yeah, or or hobo, or maybe hobo. That's the word I was looking for. Maybe hobo. Uh, or, or what about? And I and again, I don't mean to offend anybody here, but I don't understand why little person is acceptable and midget is not. No, I agree. I agree totally. I mean, now, by the way, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean if. If you or or for that matter, since we're on the radio, I can't say it, but but I can I can use the term f bomb, and everybody knows what I'm saying, so everybody right. knows what the word is, but I can't say the word on the radio. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's bizarre. It is really strangely bizarre. Why? Um, because if you use the word unhoused long enough, right, it has the connotation of homeless. So someone's going to say, you know, 50 years from now, oh, that word's offensive. You have to come up with a new word because that word's offensive. It means the same thing, right? It means the same. You don't have a house. You're homeless. No, you're unhoused. What is the difference? What's the difference between gay and queer or, you know, a, well, a bundle of sticks, right? Yeah. I mean, if you call someone a faggot, that's a bundle of sticks. Meanwhile, that's a derogatory term. It's weird. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but the story I heard on that is that how that became a, a term for uh, gay people was that back in old English days and back in old England, uh, they would uh, take gay people and they would uh, burn them. And they'd uh, put them on this bundle of sticks and light up the sticks. And that's how that became, how the faggot became the gay well, person. Well, what about, that, but, I don't know if that's true. It might be urban legend, but that's what I heard somewhere. Well, but also the word fag, right? The fag was a cigarette. 
right? In in great in Great Britain, you know, oh, I'll have a fag. It means I'll have a cigarette. So well, I, well, that's you know, a, oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's but that's it too because then you go to the different, even the different forms of English, um, uh, in uh, in Australia. Now, my mind may be a little foggy on this, but um. The Bee Gees had a song called Fanny Be Tender With My Love. But I think it's in Australia. Fanny is like a slang term for a woman's vagina. Mm. You know, so that was a, a bit of a problem in that regard. Well, I'll, 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 I'll do you one better. When we were kids, um, my grandfather's name was Richard, right? And he liked to wear... Um, he liked to wear, instead of wearing boots in the snow, he would like to wear, some call them galoshes, others call them rubbers. And so my grandmother, and this is no lie, would yell through the house, hey, Dick, where did you put your rubbers? Dick, where did you put your, Dick, where did you put your rubbers? And he would scream, I put my rubbers by the front door, Margie. Dick, where are your rubbers? I don't see your rubbers, Dick. And we would howl to no end. And he's been in therapy ever since. <laughs> by the way, speaking of therapy, you know who was shunned by the Oscars? Huh. Ben, A- ben Affleck. Ben Affleck did not get a nod for Best su- Supporting Actor for his role as my Uncle Charlie in The Tender Bar. Did Tender Bar get any nominations? No, snubbed completely, I believe. Well, not yeah, really. but... For those that don't know, McGraw was actually um, written mentioned in the book, The Tender Bar. Uh, mentioned? Written, I'm a main character in the book. It was written by, yeah, but you weren't in the movie. It's outrageous. That's uh, because but, yeah, Clo- that's his cousin. he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. The Tender Bar written by his cousin, who also wrote um, the, uh, Princess, or the Prince Harry book. And all this information is available in previous podcasts. If you're listening on the radio and haven't heard the previous podcast, but you can find those on Spotify, iHeart, and wherever you find your fine podcast uh, listening. And that's about it. We're about out of time. We we, we started later. So do we still have a couple more, more minutes? Um, I guess we have a few more minutes. I, I mean, you're right, the we, one started at like, we started at like 10 after. So I think we have a couple oh, more yeah, minutes. Five here. more minutes here for your to accommodate your radio. See, with a podcast, you can go whatever length of time you want. But now because we're doing the radio thing, we also have to accommodate your your time constraints. Let me ask you this this question. Yeah. Uh, hypothetically speaking, uh-huh. uh, you see something that somebody, a news journalist, breaks on Twitter. Do you go on the radio and talk about it? Do you write it in the news story? Um, I will get ideas off of Twitter, mm. but I won't necessarily go with uh, just verbatim or something off of Twitter. Yeah. Although we have a, we've I mean, had a but, but 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 it was from a journalist. It was from it wasn't from some stranger. It was from a journalist. A lot of times those story, those tweets will then have a link to uh, a more in-depth to, story. To, to a real story, right. Yeah, so but, what's the point you're making with Ellis? What's your point? I, well, I really can't make the point w- without outing this, this story, but it's just very interesting. I saw something from a journalist this morning uh, about somebody in Congress, and it's sort of being picked up in some some corners of the Internet, but no main, no other mainstream person has reported it. And I was wondering, you know, uh, if you say, hey, you know what, as reported by X, Y, Z, they said this. 
But does that count on Twitter, too? Could I say, hey, a reporter from this outlet is saying X, Y, and Z on Twitter? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, as long as you're as long as you're giving it uh, validation by saying where you're getting this information and not yeah. saying that information is you know that you uncovered it, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I know that like in the newsrooms and that we will never report on things that we just hear on the scanner, you know, and things like right. that. You have to go check it out and everything. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll check that out from the news perspective and everything, but but we'll get you know the information and then go and verify it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, I use I use uh. I use social media as a way to generate ideas and uh, but then I but then I write then I write it all myself. I don't use chat GPT to write it for me. Except for uh, last night. Except for last night. Well, I was making a point last night. Yeah. I was making a uh, point. I'll leave you with, with I'll leave you with this. Hmm. I found this story. It was really interesting today. This is analysis from the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. If you want to balance the budget, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Did you actually say a responsible federal budget? That is what I'm saying. That is that is the name of the organization. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So let's say you want to balance the budget in 10 years. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. If you want to balance, I have to do this quick because we're running out of time here. If you want to balance the budget, according to this analysis, if you want to balance the budget in 10 years and everything's on the table, you have to make across the board cuts 26% of everything for the next 10 years to balance the budget. Okay. If you were to take out defense and say, well, that's a sacred cow. And you were to take out veterans, right? Veterans, we, 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 we owe the veterans. So take that out, right? You'd have to cut everything else across the board by 33%. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. let's say, wait a minute, hold on a second. Let's throw in Social Security because that's not a government handout. We've paid into that. We should be able to get our money back out of it. And Medicare. Okay. So you throw in defense, veterans, Social Security, and Medicare, and you cut everything else equally 10 years, not raising taxes. You would have to cut everything else, eighty-five percent. Yeah, there's not as much discretionary income or discretionary budget cuts as uh, they would have you believe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, everybody, you know, nobody wants to raise taxes and everybody wants to cut everything, but nobody wants to cut defense, veterans, Social Security, or Medicare. They're sacred cows. So you want to cut ninety, eighty-five percent of everything else? It's impossible. Well, you know, and I would do that as a topic. I would always say, okay, you want to balance a budget. Uh, okay, tell me what you want to cut, but it has to be it has to be something that you benefit from. In other words, if you're on if you're not on food stamps, you can't crawl and say let's cut food stamps. Right? right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really easy to say cut farm subsidies if you're not a farmer. You know? Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. 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 But so. but you would have to cut you would have to cut social or uh, you know uh, food stamps eighty five percent farm subsidies eighty five percent border border. Border Patrol, 85%. We don't have time right now, but next week I wanted to get into this a little bit. Talking about cuts in Social Security, cuts in Medicare and that, because that's what the Republicans are proposing in this budget. And I think that's going to be a real hot-button issue to talk about. But we're out of time because of the radio thing. So um, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's Tom Becker. I'm I'm McGraw-Millhaven. Tune in uh, where you get fine podcasts everywhere. And every Thursday night here on the Big 550 KTRS. Thank you for your time. Till next time. Bye bye. Thank you for you. Bye bye. <laughs>
Huda Media Production.